Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. I didn't realize, I always love when Fiddy dances. It's fantastic. That's why he does it, and I appreciate it. I didn't realize how much I needed him dancing with the big, huge chain. It looks a lot different. He looks like little country DJ Khaled over there, and it looks fantastic. <laughs> I love every second of it. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Big shout to Clay, by the way. Hard at work, outside of the glass. Big thanks to Clay. Also, coming in during the break and putting up the sign. Mm. So the logo has been wrong for a while. So we have WFNZ 92.7 FM, the official logo, looking fantastic. Willie P's picture still creeping right over the sign because Fiddy put it up there. So I like how we still have that a part of the logo, too. But it looks great. So finally, we got it in the studio, the Planet Kia Studios, that is. And it looks phenomenal with Willie P helping us out. I told Clay when he was taking down the sign, that's a late sound effect for the Planet Kia Studios. It's okay. When he took down the sign that not messing up Willie's head was the most important. Like, whatever you do, beat at the wall, do whatever. But Willie's got to stay. Don't take it down. And and Willie's <laughs> Willie's still up there looking uh, over us. It is. A, it's a great picture because he's staring off in the distance. <laughs> the lighting is as such. He's watching a sunset, but very intently, like he just accomplished something masterful. And Willie P is watching over us right now as we do some fantastic sports radio. Now, I left everyone with a question. Worst either motel or hotel or even worst hotel motel experience. 408 said Boone Trail Motel in Boone. Oh, that sounds bad. <laughs> I like how you hit it immediately. $30 per night. May oh. or may not have pillows and the mattresses that felt like they had rocks in them. Kyle from Maine. Said he went to, uh, oh, he said he went to the first Panthers game in Clemson and never knew about the logos that were encompassing the state lines of North Carolina and South Carolina. So there's some people that you were able to inform with some of that. Um, I'm scrolling with some of the other bad motel experiences. Uh, 828 said, Quality Inn in Gastonia. You could smell the weed the minute you got out the car, but you do what you got to do. DJ Rogie Fresh. I feel like that can apply to a lot of different motels, though. And I don't know if that is the bad experience. Immediately upon walking out of your car, you can smell it. I feel like that could apply to a lot of motels. Yeah, that would not be a good thing that you can smell the hotel before you get in there. But that's another thing, too. Once you walk in the hotel, that that's the worst thing. Myrtle Beach, I feel like, is the most famous for that. Oh, they yeah. will get you with the pictures all day long. Because one year, I paid some Skrilla for a room. For me, myself, and I mean myself, for me, my mom, and Bryce, and we got in the hotel, and I'm like, yeah, this is not, <laughs> this is not what so, the picture shows. So, so the story that I had with the Myrtle Beach Hotel, one of one of my friends, his mom was a travel agent. We we're like, look, we have got to get out of here immediately to salvage this week. And sure enough, we were able to, thank God, because we would not have been able to one live nor survive. At the Super 8 Motel now, in Myrtle Beach. When you're going on a trip like a vacation, how nice, though, do you want the hotel? Because it's like, you know when you go to a place and you're going to do a lot of sightseeing, you're not going to be in there much, really, mm -hmm. just to sleep and maybe to hang out a little bit during 
Uh, maybe during the day, but in the morning, mostly. So do you want to go like nice, nice? Because I, I love nice hotels. I do too. I think I try to do what normal people do. I think they you try to find the great deal. Nothing too crazy. You're not going to be spending a ton of money and getting the suite, but you want something relatively nice if you're going on vacation and find the best deal for it. Are you a hotel or Airbnb guy? That's another question for the Texas. Hotel or Airbnb? I like nice hotels. Airbnbs are totally fine. And I like Airbnbs, but I think I'm more of a hotel. I'm with you too, man. I like the hotels. I've just always enjoyed that since Same. I was a kid. I, well, plus, I like hotels the most. Plus, you got the hotel bar. You got the nice. Plus, there are oftentimes, and it happened in part of wherever you're going, mm-hmm. right? Like, so if you're going downtown, or if and if you want to stay somewhere, you could stay at the hotel, and then there's a lot of stuff to do. I like the activities part of it. Right. So that's what I like. Just like Step Brothers, like the activities. 980 <laughs> number said Super 8 somewhere down in Georgia off of I-95. What, Super 8 taking some hits? Yeah, sorry, Super 8. Hey, look, I'll say <laughs> decent things about you. When I lived there for a month, it was okay. It was fine. It wasn't luxury, but it was okay. But apparently not this one in Georgia off I-95. We get into the room. And, Fiddy, I think what you're doing is you're adding more text to the prep page, and it's messing me up. So, if you don't mind not doing it, it's okay. We get <laughs> now into- I'm getting complained for it. It's okay. No, I'm helping you, no. and I'm getting fussed at. No. I hate I hate today. I tried to be on your team. 980 number said this again. One more time. We're going to try to repeat it. Super 8 somewhere down in Georgia off I-95. We get into the room, and I walk into the bathroom, and there was fingerprint dusting all over the wall. Oh. A door from the CSI team. Oh, yeah. I'm good. No, we're, we're gone. Like, yeah. we're not staying yeah, here. Yeah, we're gone. Imme- Refund immediately. Immediately bouncing. Immediately bouncing. John the Beer Man has a long one, so forgive me if it's going to take a while. But my worst motel experience was actually funny. I took my wife to the mountains for our anniversary and rented a themed room to be romantic. They didn't tell me what the theme was. Uh-uh. I talked about it all the way to the mountains. We got there, and it was a, quote, fan-themed room. There were woven bamboo fans mounted on the walls all over the room. I was so mad at the time. Now we just look back and laugh hysterically. <laughs> so yeah, Did so, she laugh at the time? That's the thing, yeah. though, because when you made all those promises and you got up there, mm-hmm. she's going to automatically think you're capping and that once you saw her displeasure, then you tried to change up your story. <laughs> That's right. 919 said Motel 6, Chicago, last-minute sales meeting and had the full plexiglass shield for a check. Or for a check-in, like a Western Union, and they had bu- they had to buzz you into your hallway, like being buzzed into an institution. That'd be a little <laughs> freaky too. As soon as you're walking in, it gets a little dicey. Uh, last one we'll read for a while. Seven oh four number wrote in. Stayed in a motel the night before grad school interview. Did not get in until midnight. They put me on the back side of the hotel with minimal lights. I open up my room door and the lights and the TV were on with clothes hanging up and toiletries I'm on good. the bathroom counter. Freaked out, went back to the front desk. They accidentally gave me the wrong room. They had the cleaning lady sleeping in that room. Oh, man. Well, that's better than the alternative because I was about to say, who knows who could have been inhabiting that room? Yeah, I mean, it could have been real weird. Right. All right. You can, uh, yeah, we're going to try to get to a lot more of these texts, but we do have to move on because we got a lot of sound. Wes, Scoot Henderson, Brandon Miller, it's yes, all sir. the rage. We've got three days down of us having this debate, mm-hmm. and we've already got rumors floating about after Jonathan Gavoni of ESPN joined the Low Post podcast with noted NBA writer Zach Lowe. So as they were having this discussion, they talked about the lottery experience, what was happening behind the closed doors, because each team has a witness, they have a representative, and then you have national NBA media there that is in a closed room 
where Zach Lowe was also there. And so he was talking about that experience. So was Gavoni. And he discussed one of the better things was in fact being able to talk with so many different people that are there for the event and trying to get an idea of who might go where. Jonathan Gavoni talked about the consensus right now as far as who the Hornets is, uh, who they are going to take number two. The best part about being here in Chicago is that the access that you have to every single person in the NBA, and honestly, like it's a near consensus in the gym that Charlotte is going to take Brandon Miller. I'm not ready to go that far because knowing Mitch Kupchak, the workout is going to be very, very important there. So Scoot Henderson has an opportunity to go in there and blow the doors off in his workout. So the thing about this, and with Jonathan Gavoni, Gavoni was all sure that Jabari Smith was going to be the number one pick last year. Betting favorite, Gavoni was reporting heavily on it, and then the odds started to switch the last couple days, and Orlando was like, nah, we've known it's been Paolo Boncaro this entire time. (laughs) So that's one thing you have to consider. We know Wimby's going one. It really starts with the Charlotte Hornets. The other thing about the way the Hornets operate, Wes, they don't leak their pick. They've done a phenomenal job over the years. We had no clue. Now, some of that is hard because you've got later in the draft, you just don't know the different combinations. So it's really hard to pin down who they're going to select. But when they had the third overall selection, it was really hard to gauge who they were interested in as well. There were reports that they weren't going to draft LaMelo Ball at all. Who did they draft number three overall? It was LaMelo. The Hornets don't leak out that info like that. I think with Jonathan Gavoni talking about this, He's discussed how Brandon Miller is the consensus. I think we're way too early. I think we've seen reporting directly from him before that was wrong. What do you make of that soundbite you just heard with Jonathan Gavoni? You see what he's doing, Fitty? You see that? You see how he's working his working his angle. Point to the lie. He'd be a good wrestler. Point to the lie. <laughs> Point. To no, no, it. no. But no, I, I'm with you 100%. I mean... I'm not even sure which one it's going to be at this point. I think this is something that's going to come down to maybe draft night, maybe a little bit before, and plenty of fodder for us, just like the quarterbacks were for this draft, us talking about Brandon Miller and uh, Scoot Simmons. Now, I did go check out the NBA consensus draft on Mm -hmm. NBA.com where they aggregate the best best mock drafts from around the net, and that has the Hornets taking Brandon Miller as well. Six out of the ten. Yeah, but I'm not – 100% 100% buying it as well. I think there's a lot to be done. Like As you said, the workouts and all of those things. And Scoot's definitely a guy, when you watch his highlights, the workout's going to be crazy. Like, <laughs> he's going to give you a lot to think about when you watch that, man. Just the explosion and, and all of those different things, man. He He's going to be a guy that the Hornets are going to give a long, hard look to if they don't pick him. So, uh, I, I'm not buying it. I think the debate will rage on for weeks until the pick is in. Wes, did you call him Scoot Simmons on purpose? Did I do it again? I didn't even know you did that. I didn't even catch it. I, I thought maybe why. it was just a dig as a shooting of like how uh, Ben Simmons couldn't shoot. I, didn't know I don't know why. I'm just going to just call him Scoot because I've been doing that since just, the minute I heard about him. I've called him baby. Scoot Simmons. Just, yeah, just Scoot baby. Ain't no reason to go with the last name. I just it's thought, all Scoot. He's the only one. No, I'm glad you caught that because I've, I've done it since I've heard about him and I've known about him for the better part of a year and I right. still do it. Um, So a part of the reason that Brandon Miller, I think, is also the consensus, when you see the mock drafts i think most people are just going to go with the fit right because gavoni he might have some sources but remember when you're in the draft room and you're talking to these guys that are he that are the sources for him 
It's not talking to anybody from the Hornets that is leaking this out. And the other thing to remember about Gavoni, too, I, I know we're talking about this guy a lot, but he's the one that had all this info, and this is what he's talking about. Remember what Draft Express used to be with ESPN. It used to be him, and it used to be Mike Schmitz. I do remember that. Mike Schmitz does not work with Gavoni anymore, a part of ESPN, because he took a job with the NBA franchise that currently has the third overall selection. Any source that he might say he has from Portland might just be the Probably guy that he used man. to work with and found Draft right. Express with. So that's something that you have to take into consideration and the fact that, look, he's only doing with what he knows, reporting what he knows, but he's been pretty damn wrong before. Yeah. And this is the only thing I will just put out there, and we'll see what happens at the end of this entire process. Let's go to one other soundbite. We're up against a break, but then we'll come back and talk a little bit more about his appearance on the Zach Lowe podcast. Here he is discussing some of the other rumors about Brandon Miller right now, struggling in the pre-draft process while obviously being a very good prospect. Every team in the NBA is looking for this type of player. 6'9", big guard, can handle the ball, pass out of pick and roll, make shots off the dribble, defend multiple positions, rebound. I mean, that's what people are looking for. At the same time, he is not in great shape right now, so I don't know how great his workout's going to be. His interviews have not been great, I've been told, both publicly and privately with NBA teams. You've had some people refute that, and this is the whole C.J. Stroud thing, and I hate it, is when you have this intel and there are teams, because they want their guy badly, that will put stuff out there to make sure that they can possibly get this player or another. And so this is one thing where, yes, clearly I want Scoot Henderson over Brandon Miller. I hate this kind of rhetoric. I hate this kind of conversation surrounding any of these prospects because I don't want that surrounding Brandon Miller. There have been some reports that refuted where there are um, – I don't know if it's a report – but I know Rafael Barlow, who was very tapped in, and he was in Chicago for the NBA Combine, saying he heard Brandon Miller had tonsillitis. And so an interview probably wouldn't be so good if you had tonsillitis. Now, some of the comments about the incident in Tuscaloosa, I don't think they were phenomenal from Miller, but I also think they were, I don't think they were damning. Andy Larson, who covers the Utah Jazz, says he heard from one NBA exec that actually he found Brandon Miller to be on the rise as far as just how he is as a human being that got caught up in a bad situation, which can happen with some of these players. This is what I'm not here for, Wes. Despite me wanting Scoot, I'm not here for this type of conversation around Brandon. Yeah, no, I agree with you, and and that was my thing, too, because when I heard about this, my first thoughts were, especially coming off of the lackluster NCAA tournament he had, I was wondering if things were kind of getting to him more than he was letting on. So I know we're up against a break, but that was my initial thoughts it's just like man when you're a part of a situation like that even though you didn't do uh the crime necessarily that's still something that's going to bother you so i just wondered about the the mental health of this kid and wondering if he's if he's okay but if those reports are being refuted then that's great to hear well and even so the fact that Gavoni gives the Hornets a 60% shot right now of selecting Brandon Miller, then how much is it really affecting his stock as it currently stands? So we'll all see how it unfolds. All right, let's go back to the Carolina Panthers conversation. DraftKings Sportsbook has Carolina favored in only five games in the upcoming season. Is that too little? We'll talk about that next on Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. 
they're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Welcome back, folks. This is the Wesson Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Charlotte FC Major League Soccer is now in season, and the WFNZ Jack Daniels Doghouse is open for business. The Doghouse doors will open up three hours before every home match, so stop by and get ready for kickoff with some of your favorite friends. Join us for the pregame and postgame parties at the Jack Daniels Doghouse, coming to you live from the Audi Charlotte studio and brought to you by Jack Daniels, Pepsi, and powered by the Garage Door Guru text line. Only from Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, the exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports fans. So we've been doing the theme question just about motels and hotel experiences. There's a lot of people that wanted to contribute to the conversation. You can on the Garage Door Guru text line, as just mentioned, 704-570-9610. Joey from Huntersville said there went all the hotel sponsorships. I do feel a little bad, but it's like also (laughs) What? Super 8? Yeah, I don't know how many people were actually trying to go to We're a luxurious hotel. We want Weston, Ritz-Carlton, like Plaza. We may have the Ritz-Carlton. Matt Greensboro said a few years ago, stayed at the Days Inn near the airport in Charlotte. I think it was being used as a house of, I don't I don't know. See, some <laughs> of these things have typos and I can't read them. Um, but he did say that he thought the desk clerk was a pimp. He did say that. Let's say, uh, what's your best hotel experience, though? Because that's oh, also that's a great fun. topic. It, it, it it's is, not though. as fun, though, is it? it? It can be. I like the ratchetness. That's what I want to see. Because somebody else wrote in, oh, by the way, I forgot to say that the room next door to me was a meth lab. That's what, uh, and then he said he loved us, by the way, but he did say that the room next door, that the hotel he stayed in, that it was also a meth lab. Man, I mean, <laughs> hey, I told you guys in the break, just put it out here on the air, you mm-hmm. know, back back, back in the day, like I said, things were a little tight as well. Dating and chick, we used to hang out. Sometimes a <laughs> little red roof in on, on Sugar Creek, man. Um, VCU, Bill. <laughs> I hope this isn't correct. I hope he's just messing with us. But VCU Bill said, checked in late to a Hampton Inn, laid on the bed, and it was wet. Oh. Went to the front desk. Young clerk said, oh, you are in the room where the dead guy was found. Kill me right now. That's a lawsuit. (laughs) He should have got a bag out of that. I, I don't know if it's VCU Bill. Come on, man. Like, I mean, you might... I don't know. Maybe he's telling the truth and it's going. You might him. be trolling. What would you do if that if that's what the clerk Lawsuit. told you? Yeah, I mean you're you're yeah, pulling I'm going up to a and, lawyer. Yeah, you're immediately getting early. Ready. This is why the genius of Michael Scott comes in handy <laughs> a few times. Remember the episode where he's on the business trip with Dunder Mifflin and he tries to throw the hotel party, and he has the black light, and you see everything that was that was on the room. Like I, uh-huh. I think I think you got to go in there. Like when I go in there. I go in there with a spray can and I disinfect everything. I the bed, the the, the dressers. Wow, the, the I didn't bat. expect oh, that. Yeah, I didn't oh, expect that either. I you no, know, I I hate staying in hotels. So the next time I go hoteling, 
I might just blacklight it to make sure there ain't nothing fishy mm. going on in there. Yeah, um, that might scare you a little bit, though. Last one, 704 has some advice for us. Our short bearded guy writes in, rule of thumb, $100 a night minimum, and you have to access the room from an inside hallway. That is the advice from one short this bearded guy. This is another guy. great thing to bring up. Do you like outside access, hotel rooms, or inside access? Honestly, the way that I'm thinking about it, I've never thought about it before, but I think he's onto something. I like you, inside access. If you can access my hotel room from the outside, that's asking for more trouble. <laughs> well, I mean, that's on. motel stuff. You hear a lot of the stuff, the noises going on outside, people talking, running past your door and things of that nature. Yeah, I mean, that's is that one of the differences between a motel and a hotel? I've How, never understood that either, and I've never taken the time to look up what's the difference. Well, I think it's smaller. Motels are smaller, and I think the outdoor access is probably a good rule of thumb, too. Mm. I mean, I think that's probably like it because, because if you're talking about motels, you have maybe like two, three levels tops, but they're also out on a patio that you can access these things. Is our research team on it? So Google told me that a hotel is usually a large enclosed building with hundreds of rooms across multiple floors, while a motel has one or two floors with outdoor room entrances. Okay. okay. Boom. Huh. I never thought about it, but I felt like we were so That's something. why the Motel 6 always has outdoor access room. And this is what some people are telling us. 980 said Motel is entry from the outside. And uh, 704, last one, because we got a lot to get to as well. But 704 number wrote in, Young and in love at Myrtle Beach, the only room we could find was a converted closet with no window. That would be cramped and you'd immediately find something well, else. Well, when right? you're young and in love, does it really matter? We know what the... The, what purpose the room will be serving anyway. Yep, just uh, stay overnight and move it on the next day. No action whatsoever. All right, so DraftKings Sportsbook. This was a topic that I definitely found interesting, and I know that the texters out there, the listeners out there will enjoy uh, this one and have a lot of debate about it. DraftKings Sportsbook, the Panthers are only favorite in five games this season and only one of their first Six games. So, to give you a little bit of context, though, as well, or to give you a little bit of uh, food for thought, I looked up NFL point spreads and how often are they accurate. And this one came from the last four seasons, and they said that we can see that the median spread of these games was four, and the median outcome was 27 to 17. In all of these games, the favorites won 66% of the games, which is surprisingly lower than other sports. So, hey, the only teams the Panthers are favored over are the Saints in Week 2, the Texans in Week 8, the Colts in Week 9, the Falcons in Week 15, and the Panthers and the Buccaneers in Week 18. There's some big gaps between wins here if the season went according to Vegas. Between 2-8, right. and eight, you're not getting a dub. Between 9-15, and 15, you're not getting a victory. You so it's pretty strong, but yeah, it's also not exactly yeah. the, the most accurate you would like for this thing. So to bottom be. line. Yeah. The DraftKings Sportsbook, are they tripping? Yeah, they're tripping. This is going to be, this is going to change, which is, it's clear. That's clear analysis. Mm -hmm. But I think it's going to change quite a bit, especially with all the moves that they made this offseason. It's funny, too, because week two against the Saints, there are people that are high enough on New Orleans with Derek Carr. They think they're going to win the division, and Carolina's favored in that week two matchup against the New Orleans Saints. The Seahawks on the road, plus four. That makes sense. Vikings, plus one and a half. That makes sense. Lions plus five, Dolphins plus seven. Those are the big spreads. And that's where I think Miami makes sense. 
That's still a touchdown is is a monster. Ooh, that's what I said. It's I a said monster. They're saying the Dolphins are gonna bust heads. But even with Detroit, yeah, those are just huge spreads. Texans only minus three, Colts minus two and a half. Yeah, it's gonna change quite a bit. Just the fact that they're only favored in five games, I think that's the one where that's alarming. I feel like you got to get closer to five hundred as far as the spreads go. Well, when I saw it, I'm definitely one of the guys that. I'm enamored by Vegas and how they're able to predict these spreads and be right as often as they are. More so in the moment, though. Like preseason stuff, sometimes they're right, but there's such a large sample size where we'll look and at I, one yeah. things and then we'll say, oh, okay, that's that's yeah. crazy how they got it right, but there's a lot of misses, too. I mean, I know when you look at some of the things, and, and not that we've had rose-colored glasses, I felt we've looked at things very realistically, and I think the Panthers have a solid team. I don't think they have a world-beating juggernaut on their hands, but also when you look at it, so you say, all right, this team coming into this season, there are a lot of outsiders who aren't excited by their skill guys, mm-hmm. and we know that the NFL is an offensive league, and so you look at it from that perspective. The defense, just from a pure statistical standpoint, in the teens, low teens, and high 20s in points and yards per game surrendered last season. So when you look at it and then you look at the schedule, it's maybe not out of the complete realm of possibility they could come up with this. Do I think they're right? I don't. I think the Panthers will win more than five games. I think they should be favored in more than five games. Now, they took my school of thought with the division opponents. I always feel like teams of similar ilk will split when they play each other twice. Well, it's the home team favorite. Yeah, home and home. Uh, But when you look at some of the other ones, like you said, I was surprised that the Dolphins were the biggest over Dallas. I thought Dallas would be the biggest, but at home, I guess they figured that the Panthers may be able to muster up some uh, oomph to be able to play a tough game with the Cowboys. Well, when we did our reels and we were talking about some of the tougher matchups, I went with Miami just because of the offense that they had. And And the positioning of the game as well, you thought. 100%. And so I understand why that would be the biggest spread. Seven is still a lot, but I understand why. If we had to change, right? This is the classic, oh, I can't believe somebody wasn't an all-star. All right, well, who are you kicking out? Mm -hmm. So here are the games that I think should be changed and favor Carolina. Little surprised that Chicago Week Ten Bears are favored too. I understand it's in Chicago, but to be favored by two points, have they done enough for you to feel good about them turning things around right away? I think mm. Justin Fields is carrying a lot of weight in that on the positive side. When as much as I like Justin Fields and hope that he can be a good player in this league, it's not anything that I've seen for that spread for Chicago to be favored in Week One. So Chicago is one that I would have. How about the Buccaneers Week Thirteen? I just For some reason, I understand that you're going to go with the whole split. Home team is going to be favored. I get that. If I was making it, Mm -hmm. if you found Walker's media outlet and come on by Walker's bookie, whatever, (laughs) I would have Tampa Bay as a dog in this one. Are you beating people up if they don't pay? No, not me. I'm too soft. You just give me a chance. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's right. Meet me just at the pay hotel. Me next week. Meet me at the Super 8, and <laughs> we'll do our business there. Just just pay me next week. That that would be you. Mm-hmm. And then you let them come back and place and another bet. As soon huh? as they came back, and then if you don't have my money, I'm going to get my man on you somehow. That's right. you. That's what you can do. I'll be, you can uh, help us out. What's his name? Johnny Bats or something like that that's going to come through. and. Uh... I don't know who Johnny Bats is. <laughs> you know, the, those big uh, bully guys, they always have some type of name. Or you can well, give them a cutesy name. Well, you can give them Tiny. You know, we got some 350-pound yeah. jack dude that's named Tiny. He's um, going to come look for you. Yeah, if I was to say a, a couple games, too, man, I mean. What about Packers? Like, if if that's at home, 
against Green Bay and you're plus one, that's one where I would go with Carolina, especially with no more Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that's a game if you wanted to choose one. I mean, the spread is razor thin. You're talking about Jordan Love leading this crew, so you're not sure what you're going to get. And by week 16, the Packers will have a very good definition of what's going to come into the building. And also the the Titans as well. Uh, You look at the Titans at that plus one. Uh, their quarterback situation is in flux. What are they going to do with Tannehill? Who's going to be the guy there? Uh, so I guess those were the games that you would look at. Also, the Bears, though, I'm... Yeah, some people agree, uh, on the text line agree with the way that this thing is. I, I think with it being at home, this is always going to be what Vegas favors when it gets dicey and it's really too close to call. The thing about uh, the thing with me about Chicago is that this is a team that finished with the worst record in the NFL last year. So have they done enough to actually make them a favorite against a team that was even in a weak division for sure, competing for an NFC South title with Sam Darnold as their quarterback with PJ Walker playing significant snaps. Chicago still had a lot of other holes outside of DJ Moore coming in. You know how much I like DJ, but is DJ going to allow this team to be some kind of favorite against Carolina, even if it is, yes, understandably, on their home turf? Well, what they're banking on is P.J. Walker and Deontay Foreman running all over you guys. Yeah, Deontay. <laughs> no, but, that, that's what I think Panther fans are going to miss. But we no, but um, I mean, when you look at what they did, a lot of people lauded them as having a, a really good draft. So you start there. A lot of people think Justin Fields is going to take another leap forward. You add D.J. Moore. That defense, they do add to Jermaine Edmonds, T.J. Edwards uh, out there as well. Demarcus Walker comes in there. Uh, they get Travis Homer coming in at the back as well as Deontay Foreman, Robert Tungan. He's a serviceable uh, tight end, and they, they they picked up some guys in the trenches. So, I mean, nothing tremendous where you're worried about them, but I do feel like they made some improvements between free agency and the draft, and I think Justin Fields will take that leap going forward. But I thought that it was a uh, – I thought it was just a a really interesting article because I know around here we feel like they're going to battle for the division championship Mm -hmm. and to see them only favored in five games. I think if you, let's just say it went according to plan or maybe a game or two over, you win six games, I think, in the NFC South this season, that puts you third, in my opinion. Well, and Twitter Chris wrote in, with Chicago, you got to look at those box scores, my guy. Oh, yeah, my guy. He dropped a my guy in there. he gave you a my guy. So that definitely sounds like a Bears fan to me. A little sass from Twitter Chris, he said so many of those games were less than one possession losses. But the thing, but here's the thing: when people say that, such is life in the NFL. This is true. Look at what Carolina did: an 0-2 start. They lost by a combined five points against Cleveland and the Giants. You look at their loss against now the three that they had: ten to Arizona a lot to San Francisco and then 24, 10 to the Rams. But then there's an overtime loss to Atlanta when PJ Walker's hail Mary wasn't enough because you had a couple of missed field hail goals. Mary. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, the victory did not come with me. It did not. As PJ <laughs> Walker was saying outside of Atlanta. So this is the thing that one, one possession games yeah. are going to make up a lot of the losses in the national football league. All right. So one guy that we will always bet on is Josh Fitty Marlowe. Let's get that flash going, baby. Let's go. It's all right. A little hometown or a big old city Might as well share, might as well smile Life goes on for a little city Uh, Twitter Chris followed up and said that The Bears could go from worst to first In their division? I'm going to go and put this on the record If the Bears win the NFC North Uh Y'all can put peanut butter on my head Okay, we'll take that (laughs) Because that's not happening Matt Eberflus is a bad head coach. 
Justin okay. Fields is not an NFL quality quarterback from the Whoa. throwing okay. perspective. Okay, hold on, hold on. We accept it. It's locked in. You can't bring something to the table like that and then bounce off of it. It is locked in. Yeah. Peanut butter dome, Fitty Marlowe. That is going to be something that happens if Chicago moves from worst to first, which is not impossible in my opinion. Green Bay doesn't look phenomenal. Detroit is the team. Detroit, you have to feel very good about them. So maybe that's what saves you, but... I love it. I hope now now I'm a Chicago fan. Um, Kind of a slow news over here today, but yesterday the NFL did announce that San Francisco, the Bay Area, they will host Super Bowl 60. This will be the first time that they will host the Super Bowl since Super Bowl 50 when the Panthers lost to the Broncos. What do you guys think about the Super Bowl returning to the Bay Area? Do you like it being out on the West Coast, or do you like it to be in a much more traditional, I guess, setting? Because whenever they go West, and it's daylight for the majority of the game, it just never feels like the Super Bowl to me. It's going to be lit. I mean, the 49ers playing in the Super Bowl at home and winning it. I can't oh, think of God. anything better. No, Yeah, I can. I can think of a lot of things better, especially if you have to do radio with this guy, especially if you have to do that. Yeah, I don't mind at all. Honestly, I can't tell you that I care where the Super Bowl is. Oh, see, I care. It, I, I don't mind changing it up every now and then. Plus, so many of these things are played indoors, or if it's outdoors, you know it's going to be in good weather, so it's going to be very similar environments every time. I don't really care. I do like warm weather Super Bowls, and I do like the Super Bowl to be in pristine weather. Whether mm-hmm. it's in a dome or whether it's in a warm weather place and the sun's out and the conditions are ideal. I do love conditions in football games, but not necessarily in the Super Bowl. But when we come back on the Weston Walker Show flashback Friday, this is the Weston Walker Show Sports. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Weston Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. One more segment in the 1 o'clock hour. Doug Branson going to be the only guest today at 2.20 to help us dissect Scoot Henderson, Brandon Miller, the Hornets receiving the second overall pick in the NBA draft. Lottery still a lot more to get to. You can text us your thoughts and comments, as always, 704-570-9610 on the Garage Door Guru text line. We debuted this segment last week. It's time now, once again, for Flashback Friday. Let's go back in time. It's Flashback Friday. Let's go way back. Way back in time. Because it's Friday. You ain't got no job. Uh-oh. What? My time machine has been activated. Time machine? I didn't know you had a time machine. All right, Rupert. 
prepare to time travel. All right, let's go all the way back to May 19th, 2020 into this year, where if we look at some of the major storylines, we were discussing some of the fallout from the Last Dance documentary. Now, I brought this up last week, and we were discussing just how amazing it was. But remember, there was some fallout from it. There were some storylines that weren't exactly the most glowing of Michael Jordan. Wright Thompson of ESPN, although he's a freelance guy, great writer, he wrote about MJ's roots here in North Carolina. But remember, Scottie Pippen had some comments about how he didn't like the Last Dance doc. Remember Horace Grant? had some comments about the last dance doc when it was Michael Jordan discussing how he needed to get up from a seat on the airplane. And then Horace came back and said, no, wait, I wasn't no punk. I wasn't about to back down from Michael. There was a lot of people like even teammates that did not like the last dance. The question here that I had in an old rundown was, did the last dance do more good for MJ more bad, or was it pretty much neutral after it was all said and done? I think it did good because people that loved Mike, they loved the insight. They loved everything about it. You knew a lot of this stuff before you went into it. You knew Mike wasn't the greatest teammate when it came to getting what he wanted. You knew the gambling and all you of that play stuff. That way. Don't play that way. Right. That's fine. That's what I'm saying. You knew he punched teammates. You knew that uh, he would say things to teammates out of the way. So I think it only helped him. People just enjoyed sitting watching Michael give his perspective. And I think it just added to it. I think shoes and stuff sold even more than they already did after the last dance and so yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it did him any harm i agree with it but Fiddy, <laughs> I, I have to imagine you agree as well i like and i know what you think i know you love the documentary but there were a lot of people that were oh it's only propaganda horace grant scotty pippen people coming out with comments like yeah it's showing scott burrell why was he bullying burrell all the time <laughs> that was a huge storyline yeah i mean like I, I think it just shows you the the tyrant that he was it was win at all cost he was ruthless and that's really what separates him from the other greats of the NBA to where he would go to such extreme lengths to, to win regular season games, let alone win NBA championships. So for a guy like me who didn't get to see MJ, it did nothing but good because it only further enhanced my that's opinion of him being the GOAT. Yeah, it's a good point just because so many people are like, well, we didn't learn anything. Yeah, but a lot of people that are your age or younger probably did. And I thought we learned some stuff in there. I, I thought we learned a lot of stuff. I learned he never freaking turned it off. That's right. It's the greatest line there. It's, I got that t-shirt. It's such a good line. Boy, he was the only guy that ever had an on and off switch, and he never freaking turned it off. It's huh, a great comment from Roy. Here's a gr This is exactly why I like Flashback Friday, because of topics like this. So three years ago, Adam Rittenberg of ESPN, still a great writer, wrote about the 10 best coordinator hires of the last decade uh, uh. at the time. He had Brent Venables, number one, mm -hmm. the Clemson mm -hmm. defensive coordinator. We had the question, do you think it would ever pass the point of him getting another job somewhere. Turns out he would eventually leave Clemson. And he used to be a guy that would always say, look, I'm not someone that is constantly peeking over in somebody else's yard. I love it here. I realize how good I have it. And then eventually it came to the time where too much money to turn down, a job like Oklahoma going back to somewhere he was familiar. Are you surprised that Brent Venables ever left? And do you agree with that list a few years back, how Venables was the best coordinator hire at the time? No, because a lot of people say it's it's good to always know when to get out of something at the right time. I think Venable saw the writing on the wall that Clemson was going to start to take a step or two back. And I think he's like, hey, let me get out of here. Coupled with the fact that it was Oklahoma. Coupled with the fact that the bag was right for him. And he just felt like it was the right time. But uh, 
uh, depending on how this season goes, mm-hmm. he, he might, might be, be right back in. He might be like, Dabo, I know what I said, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and I think Dabo would take him back in a heartbeat, too. Do you understand the number one ranking at the time? Yes, because their defense at the time, nice. they were lights out. I yeah. mean, even though they were loaded with talent, because he did have times after the Power Rangers left that they got shelled. So, uh, yeah, I think at the time, though, I'd say, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, look, he helped transform Clemson from a BCS contender to a national championship power year in, year out. Like, none of that would have been – I'm not saying none of it would have been possible without him because of how good Watson and Trevor Lawrence was. But, I mean, they went to a playoff on the back of his defense one year. So, yeah, it made yeah. a lot of sense. And Dabo's a CEO guy. He had to get the coordinators right. Once he got his coordinators right, his program took off. I can't wait to read you who is second on this list. You guys ready? Okay. Second best coordinator hire, according to Adam Rittenberg, in an article he wrote three years ago today. That's why I love this segment. Joe Brady. Seriously? Second best coordinator hire in the last decade at the time of the article. The question that we had as an intriguing topic, should one year give him that nod at LSU? And could we see a repeat of Joe Brady one year magic leading to a promotion where he could have got a head job, a head coaching job in the NFL where he got a lot of interviews and then it didn't work out the second go around. What do you make of the Brady uh, rank? Yeah, it just was dead on with what I thought. I mean, he had Joe Burrow who looks to be one of the great quarterbacks of our generation along with a ton of probably two hall of fame receivers as well. And so they were just playing pick the match up and throw it to him. I didn't see anything special with his offense when I watched him. And it was just frustrating when you talk about all the minority coaches that have to pay their dudes. And then here comes this kid with all this assortment of weapons. The one Just kid. playing pick the match up. And, and, and everybody thought he was the best thing since sliced bread. So it definitely <laughs> ended up ending the sliced way I bread, thought Brady. it would. Wasn't he the passing game coordinator? Yes, he was. He wasn't even the quote-unquote offensive coordinator. He was just the passing game guy. I mean, that's just, I mean, what, he's now what a quarterback's coach in Buffalo. Is that, that that's where he is? Yeah, that's where he is now. Like, I think he gets another OC job. I always, I didn't think he was as bad as people made him out to be here in Carolina. He's terrible. Yeah, I think he'll get that. I didn't think he was terrible. He couldn't make adjustments. I just wanted to see him take the natural progression that everybody yeah. else had to take. No, I, I just you. didn't like how hot they had him at that moment. It was it was only one year. All right, so PGA Championship going on. Let's just go back uh, actually four years from now. In 2019, Brooks Kepka he got another major championship. Remember, he was dominating the sport at that time. We can move on after this. But the thing about that era, golf had been trying to find the guy that was going to get close to Tiger Woods. I'll say this, Brooks Kepka got as close as anybody. And I know we have Jordan Spieth and I know we had the run from a Rory McIlroy. But when you talk about Brooks Kepka in those last two years, as much as nobody likes him, of course, the guy's a complete jerk. He was dominating in a two, three year span where that guy ended up with what? Four majors in two years. Pretty crazy run. I know that you pick care about the major stuff. That was a, a, a fun run with Kepka, who still plays well in a lot of the other majors, too. Yeah. And maybe because it's just a bias that a I'm a Spieth guy and B, I just hate Kepka. I, I, I still preferred Spieth many two year run like the what he did at augusta national what he did at the old course at st andrews was a lot more impressive mm-hmm. like no one gives a damn about the pga it is the most meaningless major oh no maybe I care a little in sports bit. Uh, i care i care a little bit about Do you the, know PGA. the name of the trophy no i don't know exactly. the name of any of the trophies though to be honest with you you I don't know don't. the name of the, you don't know you don't know they're giving you win the open championship are you being serious uh yes i do i do know <laughs> that sound like he's about to sock you in the face come on 
I don't know. What is it again? The Clara Jug. The Clara, yes. I did know that. I did know that. I don't know the U.S. Open one, though. I don't know the top of my head, but the, the PGA one. Are you one serious? The, yeah. Rah, 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 rah. <laughs> <And> the, <laughs> the PGA one's the Wanamaker trophy. Um, Last one here. 2019, we had a big old conversation about the NBA Finals going on at the time between the Warriors and the Raptors. Mm. Could Toronto come back? Steph Curry was 30-1 and one without Durant. How much did that stat matter towards the legacy of Kevin Durant and even a Steph Curry? Of course, we all saw Kawhi Leonard in Toronto take care of a championship. Those were some of the topics four years ago today. That'll do it for Flashback that Friday. Cool. Yeah, that's always a fun segment to see what we were discussing and just some of the dog days of radio season. We're about to get to some of that in the summer season as well. One more hour to go on Wes and Walker. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.